We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Friday edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast sponsored by Dynasty Owner. I am Andrew Laird, and joining me shortly is Scott Jenstad as we discuss showdown and single-game strategies on DraftKings and FanDuel. This episode was originally recorded last summer, but with showdown contests getting bigger each year, we thought it was important to bring this one back to help those who are looking to start playing these uh, single-game contests or improve the gameplay of those who are regularly involved. Many of the non-player-based strategies for showdown contests are similar to classic slates in terms of like lineup construction and contest selection. But some aspects are significantly amplified because we only have two teams to choose from. So Scott and I will dive into a number of these topics, including why lineup differentiation may be the most important thing. As always, if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to me or Scott on Twitter. I am at RotowireAndrew. He is at Scott Jenstad. And if you're a fan of the podcast, we would greatly appreciate it if you could take a minute to rate and review it on whichever platform you listen on. And with that, let's jump in. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to the NFL DFS uh, podcast. I am Scott Jensen, joined as usual by Andrew Laird. Uh, we appreciate everybody tuning in. If you do listen, enjoy listening to us, you could please rate or review the podcast. That'd be greatly appreciated. Uh, if you enjoy listening to us, uh, break down some DFS, talk about strategy soon enough, talk about uh, some game slates, uh, leave us a bunch of stars, leave us a nice comment. It does go a long way towards helping the podcast. Uh, before we jump into it, we're going to uh, we're going to do a showdown, a single game contest today, kind of a breakdown that uh, relatively new format on DraftKings and uh, FanDuel. But uh, Andrew, how are you this week? I'm great. I'm great. We um, I don't want to give away too much to our listeners here, but when we started thinking like we have a lot of these preseason uh, podcasts to do, we were wondering what we were going to talk about, and I feel like we've done a pretty good job so far. Yeah, I, I, you know, talking DFS and strategy, uh, it can only go so far without actually games to break down. But yeah, we're uh, 
we're at August 16th. We've got, uh, you know, we have some some week two preseason games. So we actually saw some players that we've uh, we've heard of. That we've playing, heard of, uh, yeah. <laughs> play, yeah, play this weekend. Lamar Jackson had a really sweet touchdown run yesterday that uh, everybody on, uh, on on NFL uh, preseason Twitter was freaking out about. Oh I uh, I did see it. It was it was a nice run, but yeah, I try to. I try to avoid too much preseason talk. I think it, uh, I think it causes problems in my in my season long leagues. I don't like to get bogged down in it, and then you know I think it skews my thinking for DFS too. I don't want to. I don't want to see a couple of plays back. Oh, I got to play that guy week one, where you know week one should be separately uh, broken down when week one uh, when we get to week one. So I, I try and avoid it for the most part. It's hard to as someone who kind of does this as a as a as a side hobby and uh, is involved in you know Twitter and uh, all the the podcasts and writing articles. It's hard to avoid, but uh, I try and keep it out of my mind. Can I ruin the Lamar Jackson touchdown for you? Oh, I hope you do. Was it like the ninth string defense or what we're talking about? It, there was a hold on the play. Oh, man. Well, you, they, didn't go, <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't go back and review that? Um, I don't even know. I, I saw, I think it was Willie Sneed. If I saw uh, the uh, Twitter uh, the Twitter cloud that ruined, rained on everybody's parade. That actually, Willie, frankly, Willie, nobody Willie knows. Willie Sneed, if, uh, if you play in uh, PPR leagues, Willie Sneed's going to be a little bit of a sneaky guy with a lot of catches. Oh, just going to throw you. that out there. Look at you. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was it was funny. Everybody's freaking out about that. And then there was that uh, there was that Bengals Redskins pass interference that was uh, oh quite egregious. Gosh. They reviewed it and did not overturn it. So uh, I'm going to go with my uh, my stance that uh, I had last week. That was a little controversial. That uh, pass interference review is going to be the absolute biggest debacle of all time this year. I saw that. Uh, I saw that you said that, and I totally agree with you. Like it's um, it's one of these things that uh, you makes you realize that most NFL fans don't actually know the rules. Yeah, and, there's no doubt about that. And so we're all like, oh, that's ridiculous. And then the NFL changes something and we're like, okay, they fixed it. And, you know, everybody kind of gets somebody to break down what the rule actually says. And then we see it in practice. And they're like, and you're like, oh, that's pass interference. And we're like, no, 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 that's that's not pass interference because we changed it to this because you guys complained about the, that other thing. And we're sitting there like, oh, these rules, rules are ridiculous. And, uh, when you were like, oh, these referees are terrible. And it's like, well, they're actually excellent at knowing the rules. We're not. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, Patrick Davitt weighed in. He's a, he's, a, he's a Canadian football watcher. And he said they've had that league, that rule for a, a while. And they actually do uh, review on, on defensive holding. So it's a team strategy, like late in games, to have a receiver on the other side of the field where you're not running the play, like kind of run into the defensive, the defensive back and try and get defensive holding and then go review the play after it happens. Like that's actually a strategy that's built in the game now because of reviewing this crap. In order to get like a free timeout or like what's No, the, in order to get in order to get a defensive holding call get on the, the other side. Like completely away from the play, but you do something where, you know, the defensive guy pretty much can't do anything but kind of grab you and, and get out of the way and they get you then you go review it and under the letter of the law it's defensive holding. So whatever happened on the play, you can get that defensive holding as a penalty if you need a first down. That sounds like a lot of fun. I, like really fun to watch, right? Like that <laughs> sounds like fantastic TV. So <sighs> Anyway, uh, not rant, uh, rant, rant for this week over. But uh, so let's uh, let's jump into talking about uh, showdown contest, kind of a, uh, a you know single game contest. Uh, they're called showdown on DraftKings. Uh, kind of a new thing. Uh, one game contest really got it really felt like it to me. It got popular last year. You know, obviously it's kind of built into the the primetime game. So they'll do a showdown for the Thursday night game, the Sunday night game. The Monday night game is really popular, obviously, because everybody played all day Sunday. Either they're mad they lost or they have the money to use that they won. And the, so the, the Monday night games got really popular. Popular. And they kind of blew up that uh, that Rams Chiefs game we've, we've referenced a few times. Like everybody was playing showdown that week because yeah. they wanted to get a piece of that action. But um, there's obviously a lot of strategy that has been doing it. It's one game, so you're going to obviously have a lot more variability than you have will you will over 13 games. But uh, I know you play these. You're you're probably uh, you're way more versed in this than I am. So I'm going to lean on you a little bit this week with those. I've played them, but you know I kind of play them for oh I'm sitting down and watching the Monday night game. You know nobody's in the house or uh, I, you know this is a really fun game. Um, but, uh, you know, I play them kind of for fun, small money, just to have some action going, and root for some guys. But, you know, these are, these are contests that have a lot of strategy to go into them. So let's, uh, let's talk about that. Why don't you just, just tell us how they work, how the rosters work, uh, you know, that kind of stuff first. I would also, before we start, I'd say that I am as well versed as somebody is who like watched a bunch of ER and Grey's Anatomy as being a doctor. So like, I know what's <laughs> going on, but like, I'm not actually doing the surgeries uh, I'm uh, I'm a, I'm a little worried you watch that much Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> um, my wife, my wife, of course. I was uh, you know, I'm working go. on the couch, yeah. and uh, same way go. I watched uh -huh. The Bachelorette. Uh, anyway, uh, very nice. <laughs> so, so yeah. So I think the the reason these single game 
and showdown contests have gotten so big is because uh, I mean, people were interested in them, particularly for the like the Monday night games, and they've pretty much replaced the like multi-slate games where they used to do like the Monday night game and the Thursday night game. And like, you know, people's money was tied up for four days, even though there were only two games. And so they've kind of gotten rid of those. They had those Sunday night and Monday night for a while. And so really uh, the sites are kind of focusing on these single game contests, which for those who uh, were a little anti DFS because they were like, Oh, this is just sports betting. um, This gets it much closer to that. Uh, like, <laughs> yes, it does. As soon as it looked like sports betting was going to be, be um, legalized, then they were like, oh, well, we'll just do single games. Uh, they also offer just the second halves of NFL games. Uh, they do it for NBA as well. Um, I believe they might do fourth quarters in NBA. So like the you can really get pretty granular on these things. But anyway, so... Um, in, in both sites where, that do it, DraftKings and FanDuel, you're picking six players at any position. So um, you can take both quarterbacks if you want. You can take four running backs. You know, obviously there's a salary cap still there. Um, for DraftKings, they include kickers, which they don't include in their classic game. So if you're right. some sort of kicker junkie uh, <laughs> and you're upset they don't have it in classic, you can play it in these showdown slates. Um, the big difference uh, between the two is... So they both have six players, one of which is a captain, and the captain will get uh, one and a half times their score. But the big difference is that DraftKings will actually make you pay more for your captain. It's one and a half the the salary. So there's some strategy that goes in just salary wise, in addition to just kind of what which players you're picking. Um, But obviously, uh, the the guys that you are captaining are the ones that you think will score the most points. And I know that sounds like very elementary. But you have to really think of this logically. And there's, there's a lot of uh, showdown and single game strategy that really just comes down to logic. Like if you that I mean, they obviously apply in the classic slates, but you, you really get to, to see it firsthand in these single game slates because you don't have to think about what's going to happen over 13 games or 10 games or nine games or even a short three game. Like this is one game. And so when you are multiplying the scores of one player and that player is the high. If it turns out to be, that's the highest scoring player. It's really almost impossible to make up that ground with your, uh, with your players who are not the captain. Uh, You know, if your captain just duds. Um, And so it's just so vital that the captain you choose is the highest scoring player just because of that multiplier. And we'll get into um, kind of which players make the most sense for captains um, a little later, but that's like one of the clearest things is like when you're, if you're playing one lineup and I'll say that a lot of people don't do that for these showdown slates, <laughs> but make sure your captain is the highest scoring guy. Yeah. And you say that's obvious, but I think I've, you know, I've sat down and played these and tried to figure out like, what am I going to do? And I think there's times where I'm like, I'm going to get a little sneaky with my captain and try and really go. And that just doesn't, it, 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 it can work if your guy happens to go off, but it just doesn't, it's not a good way to go. I mean, you're, you're right. You have to, it's 1.5 times your points. It's just so significant. You've got to have the guy that you think is going to score the most there. I mean, it, it, it sounds really simple, but I see teams lineups and, you know, I see kickers in those spots. I see defense in those spots and, you know, that can work. And if you're in a six, three game, maybe, you know, maybe that defense, uh, you know, really does a lot and no offense players do a lot, but, um, it sounds simple, but I think people try and get sneaky in that when they shouldn't. Yeah. And, and that's kind of what we see in a lot of DFS, uh, football that in, it works a lot more in the classic slates, like that you can get these like low on guys and they can go off and that's perfectly fine. Um, but specifically when we're multiplying scores, um, right. the, the captain, you, you need to, to maximize that. Now, um, before we get into that, uh, it seems to me, at least, that there are generally two contest types that you want to play in Showdown. And there are a lot of people I know who are like single lineup classic players who mass multi-enter Showdown. Um, okay. So these contests are incredibly top-heavy, which is astonishing to say on websites that are already offering contests that are astonishingly <laughs> top-heavy. But right. you, you, if you're entering these GPPs, like... And obviously, every GPP you enter, you're trying to win. But you really need to try to win these because finishing 75th barely gets you anything if, you know, depending on the entry level, I guess. But um, so what we see is that there are people who will run 
all of these combinations because they want to get the right captain or they get, you know, if they switch captains, they want to keep at least the same team. Like theoretically with six spots, you could make the same lineup, but just switch your captain around theoretically if the, the salaries work out. Right. Um, and so the, I know people mass multi-enter classic slates, but like you'll see people who don't normally multi-enter uh, in classic slates do it in showdown just because, um, you know the the rosters are a little smaller, so they're the combina- the number of combinations you can get uh, at least covers more of the the total number of combinations. You will not still be able to get every combination. Like 150 lineups still does not cover all of the combinations in a showdown. So right. back to the, my rant from was that last week or the week before? Like <laughs> the mass multi enter guys are not covering every combination. There are plenty of them who make 150 lineups and literally cash none of them. Um, because they get the game wrong, but um, you'll just don't be surprised when there are a lot of people doing this. Uh, so there are those types of contests, and there are others of the very casual um, play with your friends. And like uh, I said, this I think on our first podcast that my season long fantasy football league, that my home league, has converted to DraftKings that we just play against each other. And Showdown is great for that too. Like even if you're if you're all together, you just throw a team together. Um, listening to this podcast, reading the articles we have on RotoWire will hopefully make you better than your friends in this. Um, or hopefully you're all listening and good luck to you all. Um, but <laughs> it's, it, there's almost like a, a, a huge spectrum of like the people who take this very, very seriously and put in a ton of lineups or, um, you generally take it pretty casually, um, because DFS for a lot of people is fun. I got to tell you, the, the the showdown with your friends thing hadn't really entered my mind. But I tell you what, if I were in college or early 20s, you know, had a bunch of people over watching games, that would have been an awesome format to have. I mean, they, they do it for, you know, all the most of the playoff games, too, as soon as especially when right. we get later. In, I mean, like the Super Bowl one was gigantic in terms of the yeah, TPPs. Of but if you're throwing a big Super Bowl party, there's probably totally. a few people there who would be willing to be like, oh, yeah, I'll make, I'll make a team. Why not? And then there you go. Yeah, I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna fill in squares with your initials, you might might as well fill in a showdown contest, right? <laughs> and hell, I might get some referral points for getting people onto these sites. Oh, there also, you go. I, there I, you go. I got I got a plan going already. Right, you're gonna have a party every Monday night now. I, I might do that. My my wife's gonna be really happy we started this podcast. <laughs> uh, Everybody so needs we a big talked, party on Monday night. Yeah, no doubt, right? We talked about uh, you know GPPs and and all that. Is there? I, I know there is, but how popular is Showdown Cash? It seems like it might be uh, a little bit strange on a one game to play a cash lineup. Uh, it is, uh, but it. I mean, they exist. They're right. There are people who certainly want to play it. Uh, you, I don't. I would say that the strategies uh, are not like the single entry uh, Showdown GPP lineup probably isn't all that different from a cash lineup, um, which you generally, which with single entry classic slates are very different because you have to beat so many people, particularly in NFL. Um, but cash lineups, I mean, there, there's generally a, you know, people will probably play both quarterbacks and you get the top running back. Um, so like the builds tend to be the, the optimal build looks a lot like you, you, you would look at it and you say, yeah, that that's probably the, the highest floor players. And that makes sense. And, and you go from there, like you're not trying to go completely off the board, whereas in GPPs, and we'll get to kind of how you do that, um, but those tend to be a little more off the wall. Before we keep going, a quick message from our sponsor, Dynasty Owner. I've been looking for a new challenge, which is why I'm playing Dynasty Owner Fantasy Football this season. Dynasty Owner Fantasy Football unites the fun and excitement of fantasy football with the skill and strategy of the front office. Dynasty Owner is the only way to play fantasy football with real NFL salaries, adding the strategy of running an NFL franchise. Dynasty Owner provides a unique challenge for diehard fantasy football fanatics. Go to DynastyOwner.com slash RotoWire because leagues are forming now. That's DynastyOwner.com slash RotoWire. We've all been in a league where the winner just got lucky, and if you're like me and you know you're better than most, Dynasty Owner gives you the platform to prove it. Dynasty Owner favors skilled players who can manage their roster using real NFL salaries within the salary cap. It adds an entirely new level of strategy. Go to DynastyOwner.com slash RotoWire to validate your fantasy football skills. That's DynastyOwner.com slash RotoWire. 
So, Andrew, I think the, the most important thing and, you know, maybe something that I don't really break down and do when I play these contests. And I think that the first thing you do when you look at this, you know, Sunday night or Monday night game is you got to figure out what you think, how you think the game's going. And that, that comes down to, um, you know, there's generally four types of games you broke out uh, and we were chatting this beforehand. Uh, there's a shootout, which is, you know, the, the 38-35 Rams-Chiefs game. There's the low-scoring game, the, the Ravens-Titans uh, 10-6 game. Oh. There's blowouts, the Patriots-Jets, you know, 52-3. Oh. Sorry, it was low just blow, too easy. Low blow. And then there's the there's kind of the evenly matched games, the you know the 20, uh, 24, 21 game, that kind of thing. So I think it's so important to figure out what type of game you think it's going to be more before you do anything else, because that that I mean, pretty much decides how you're going to build your team. Yeah, for sure. And you know, uh, we talked about uh, odds before. You know, we, if you see what the total is, you can see what the spread is. That generally right. gives you a pretty good idea of of what at least the books are expecting the the game to play out. If you think it's going to be different than that, then that's certainly fine. You know, you're the, uh, the books aren't always right, but, um, the, they're, they're pretty, jar- they're pretty darn good. Though. They're good. They're very good. Um, <laughs> they're very good, but I mean, generally, and it, it sounds so again, just thinking of this logically that if a game is low scoring, uh, you know, if just that, what would you say? Titans, uh, Bengals or whatever it was, uh, Titans, Ravens, 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 but sure, right. that, that works too. Yeah. Um, so if that game is going to be low scoring, uh, which means there are not going to be a lot of touchdowns, there's not going to be a lot of yards, why are you paying up, which you usually have to, like for both quarterbacks or right. both top running backs or the top wide receivers? Like if you're not expecting a lot, play the defenses. And we kind of make this point that, uh, or I made this point previously, that points allowed um, at least on draft, well, DraftKings and FanDuel, like they're not that important, the number of points that they're allowing. What's much more important are turnovers, possibly touchdowns. Um, and if a game is low scoring, uh, you know, it's probable that there are going to be some turnovers. I mean, right. it's possible that it's literally just three and out and they're 78 punts, um, which seems like a classic Monday night game. But it does. Um, especially a, a, a definitely a classic Thursday night game for sure, for sure. Oh, those games. Are um, cool. So you just have to think of this logically. Like if the game is low scoring, think of who that benefits. And theoretically, that benefits the defense. And so then you play defense and showdown. You can even play both of them if you want. Uh, you can play both kickers because like in a nine six game. There are no touchdowns. So you you theoretically could be getting all of the scoring with both kickers and both defenses, and you're, you'd be fine. Um, and nobody ever wants to build a fantasy team with two kickers and two defenses. <laughs> no, that, that's not – that. when you sign up for showdown, that's not, that's not what you gravitate towards right, right away. Right, right. Maybe don't have the party on the, uh, on the Titans-Ravens <laughs> uh, game. But, Good call. Uh, um, but on the other side, if you have these – you know, uh, Rams chiefs games, you take both quarter quarterbacks. If you want, you, you find the receiver that you want, um, that you think is going to go off in this game. You take the Tyree kill, or uh, you think Brandon cooks is going to be the one who goes nuts. Then, you know, the, the whole, uh, beginning part of building these single game lineups is how do you think this game is going to be played? And then using that assumption to figure out who, which positions benefit, and then you take those guys. Do you find from playing these that most people, no matter what, go with, go with both quarterbacks? Like how heavily owned are the quarterbacks in these contests? The the favorite favored quarterback will always be highly owned. Like right. it's and you know it in your mind makes sense. Like if they're going to score a lot of points, then that's that's it. Um, and so generally, um, yeah, the the quarterback on the favorite uh, certainly if it's you know if it's going to be a shootout, if it's going to be a blowout. Even if it's going to be evenly matched, the favored quarterback will be owned. Like, and in these formats, if they have a big game and you don't have them, like you're out. You, right. You're not going to be able to make it up with your quarterback if it's a one-sided game and you don't have it, or if you just avoid quarterback altogether. Like, so like that's sort of the big thing, especially with these GPPs, is if a guy goes off and you don't have him, you have no shot, like none. Yeah, and whereas so, a regular a regular week, there's so many guys who do well. Like you can you can miss on a couple of big performances, and you're okay. But you're right. And this, and this kind is good to think about. If someone goes off, you don't have them. It, it's over. Well, like in a classic slate, if Julio Jones has three touchdowns, and you're like, I am dead, 
and then you look over and you have Devontae Adams and he has three touchdowns, right. you're okay. But there, there is no Devontae Adams in this game that you can get up to later. I mean, <laughs> exactly. obviously, if it's Falcons-Packers uh, showdown, we can do that. But um, So it's just, in a, in a single football game, there's just a finite number of, of scores that will happen. I mean, obviously, there's a finite in a classic slate, but it's a significantly bigger pool. Right. So if a team is going to score four touchdowns and their backup tight end has two of them and you don't have him, you're dead because somebody else probably has him. And if that or if you have him, those are two touchdowns that in this giant field where there are going to be five touchdowns scored and you have two of them from a guy nobody has. That's a humongous advantage, which is why you go for these guys. Right. Yeah. The, the, the 10 Oh five, uh, Sunday tweet of like, Oh my God, Odell Beckham had a 60 yard touchdown. I'm going to rip up all my teams drives me nuts, but it actually, <laughs> it actually does work. It actually does work in showdowns. Like if that happens, you don't have them. You're pretty much cooked. You're, you're generally cooked unless you're with your friends and somehow they don't have them either. But, um, so yeah, so, um, <clears throat> again, you're just thinking of this logically that like quarterbacks tend to be highly owned. That doesn't mean that they're always the highest scoring players. Like you have to remember that an 80 yard touchdown is much more valuable for the wide receiver than it is for the quarterback. And so there are instances where uh, quarterbacks can have good games, but if they're all, you know, if they're sending everything to their, to one wide receiver, the wide receiver is probably the better captain play. Um, So there are instances where, um, where like the wide receiver, the top wide receiver is going to be a better play than the quarterback. That doesn't mean don't have the quarterback, I mean, right. this is where we will get into the, the captain talking a little bit, but like, um, you want to make sure that you have that correlation because somebody else probably has it. So I think shootout, you know, obviously, uh, it is pretty obvious. Low scoring is kind of, you talked about, uh, I think evenly matched, uh, makes a lot, you know, 24, 21, you can kind of figure out who to play, but in a blowout in a, uh, in a game, like, uh, you know, a 14 point spread, something that turns out, you know, 38 to 10, uh, who are you looking for in that? Obviously you mentioned the favorite quarterback you want in that, but how else do you strategize around that? Do you want the, you want the running back of the team that's ahead, obviously, cause the, the second half of me, you know, touching the ball a lot. Do you then go with the, the favorite team defense? How do you deal with that team? You think it's going to get blown out? Do you like, do you avoid them and only have one or two players from that team? Do you want the quarterback throwing in the second half? How do you, how do you attack a game that you expect to be a blowout? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so you, thank you. <laughs> you generally, uh, want to like, if you think it's a blowout, don't build like an even lineup. Like the, the rule is you have to have at least one player from, from each team. And so right. it's perfectly fine to do a five one. Um, if you think it's going to be that much of a blowout and there are games that blow out that much. And so, um, you then have to think how, how do I think the other team is going to score? Like generally we don't see games that are like 48 zero, like usually there's a score, um, from the other team. And so if that's the case, you say, do I think the only way this other team scores is with, is with field goals? Uh, you know, if they lose 40 yeah. to nine, three field goals, isn't nothing. So you take the kicker or, if you do think that they end up putting up scores at the end, like I think a lot of people in these in these uh, shootouts or I'm sorry, these blowouts think like I'll just take the other quarterback because they're going to have to be throwing the ball and, the, you know, that's how they're going to catch up. But um, it's possible that they don't catch up and yep. quarterbacks are usually pretty expensive. So you're you're using a, a good amount of your salary cap on a quarterback that's probably not going to score that many points, whereas kickers and defenses tend to be much cheaper. And so if you think it's a blowout, you can take the defense from the home team, from the favored side, take the kicker from the other team. And that's, those are two fairly cheap players. So now you can go up and get the, the favored quarterback, the favored wide receiver, one wide receiver, two, and the running back and you're set. Um, so don't like you can put, you can make narratives in your head, like about every sort of combination, like, Oh, they're going to get blown out. But I think so-and-so is still going to catch 10 passes for 200. And it's like, that's not going to happen. Like think of this as logically as possible. And we don't ever want to think of like having to play, play a kicker, but sometimes there are games where the kicker is the highest scoring player on one team. And that's who you want. 
Uh, on that same note, you mentioned, you know, the, the kicker defense are cheaper. How do you feel about like totally total punt plays in a format like this? You only have six roster spots, but, you know, as I scroll down and you're trying to get all the studs in there and you see all, you know, you see these eight to 10 guys at 3000 or whatever the, whatever the minimum is on each site, um, you know, you do the backup tight end, you've got the fourth wide receiver um, on a punt play. Are you like, I'm just gonna take this for the salary and get my other five guys. Or does that punt player have to have some sort of chance to do something well in your, in your, in your mind for you to take them? Uh, there always has to be a reason. Okay. And generally in showdown, dirt cheap price is not enough of a reason. Like, okay. I need to see a path to this guy doing something. And that doesn't mean that I'm expecting him to do a ton. Um, but uh, there was a game last year. So a lot, of the, a lot of the concepts that we've talked about on this podcast are concepts that I've spoken about um, on the soccer podcast with Jordan Cooper, like Jordan Cooper is a, is a great DFS mind. And, um, last year he, he had a few good showdown wins, but he had one with the, with the Vikings. Aldrick Robinson had two touchdowns. I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't think of the name of the, the third or fourth wide receiver. Right. I was going to bring that up and I couldn't, I was at Laquan Treadwell, but I knew that was wrong. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it was Aldrick Robinson and, yep. um, the, there was a reason he had him. Aldrick Robinson was dirt cheap. He was like the third or fourth, um, uh, wide out for the Vikings. And I can't even remember what the game was. It's probably easy to look up because Aldrich Robinson does have a ton of two touchdown games. But <laughs> the idea in the build was um, the Vikings are could score a lot. And if they spread the ball around, it's possible that Aldrich Robinson is one of the guys that gets these passes. Like he had been getting a few more targets during games. And I think he had moved up on the depth chart and it was like, there wasn't, you know, it's not like you're playing Aldrich Robinson thinking like this guy's going to get 15 targets and he'll, you know, he's going to be a huge play. But if he scores a touchdown, you, you just jump ahead of so many other people because like who on earth is playing Aldrich Robinson? <laughs> and, and he was obviously cheap. And so there's got to be a, a thought in your head of like, um, you know, if, if you think that, Kirk Cousins is going to have a good game and you don't think it's going to come from Diggs and Thielen and uh, Rudolph. Like who benefits if it goes somewhere else? And in that particular game, it was Aldrick Robinson. And those are sort of the kind of the deeper plays that you look for. Don't captain those guys. I mean, you could, but like generally they don't work out. Um, And so in those situations, like you want to captain Kirk Cousins because like if you think he's going to have a good game and he's going to spread the ball around, then there's no like single player who's going to go above him. Whereas um, if you have a situation like with the with the Texans and, you know, uh, Fuller's out and Cootie's out and you're like all of Deshaun Watson's passes are going to DeAndre Hopkins. Like all of those passes are more valuable to Hopkins than they are to Watson. So you captain Hopkins. It's funny. I looked. It was. Uh, it looks like it was week four against uh, against the Rams. He had uh, two catches, two touchdowns, thirty three yards. There you go. I can't. I can't imagine how fun that second touchdown must have been. Like you get the one lucky one, you're like, oh, that really worked out well. You get that second one, that uh, it must have been a lot of fun. Yeah, because like when you think of it, it's not like the Vikings are going to score ten touchdowns. Like right. Two. I mean, the the Rams. That that game probably had a, a fairly high total, just because both teams can put up a lot of points. But like, even if it's five touchdowns. And you play somebody like Aldrich Robinson and you get two of those touchdowns, the odds are that with the salary you saved, you are still in a position to get the other three. It's not like you're you're taking Robinson and you've taken yourself out of the others. Like you can still get the others. And so that's why when you know, if the the idea is not like, oh, Robinson's cheap, I'll take him. And it's like Robinson's cheap and uh if I don't think the passes go to these other guys, they can go to him. So you know, it's not just like you don't want to pick some guy who's like not going to see the field. Um, and, but you have to be careful because Robinson is priced with guys that won't see the field. And so, you know, it takes a little more work than just, uh, this guy's cheap. And so, um, that's how you kind of land on those guys. Yeah. And that's a really good point. It kind of goes back to, we're talking about a bunch last week and we're talking about positions, you know, have a reason for playing guys. Don't, uh, I, the, I have $3,000 left. I'm going to pick someone doesn't work. But like you said, if you have 3000, you pick someone that, you know, within the course of your build and within the course of how you think the game will work has a chance to do that. Um, you know, suddenly it, it becomes an interesting play, but you got to have a reason to do it. Don't just randomly throw someone in there to save the money. Yeah, for sure. And, and that game actually is kind of a great example. If you think of like the number of combinations that you can make, like, uh, in that game, which is probably high scoring and you know probably had a high total and was probably pretty close in terms of a spread. 
you need to think of all of the combinations that could possibly happen if the Vikings won, if the Vikings won big, if the Rams won, and if the Rams won big. Like, there's just no way to get every single combination in 150 lineups. Yeah, totally. It totally makes sense. That's a, that's a really good point. Um, so we only have six guys in these contests. How do you deal about, uh, you know, players not cannibalizing each other? You know, obviously, uh, in, in regular slates, we talked about that. We did positions like, you know, you've got a if you have a running back and quarterback together, you know, sometimes it's hard for them to go both go off. You know, sometimes you get the receiving running back where that can work. But in a single slate, how do you deal with not taking guys that you think are going to you know eat each other's uh, production away? Yeah, so there, there's not a lot of instances where this happens like in a single game just because like we said you can't make up these points elsewhere so like if you're like i don't want to play the quarterback and the running back because how do they both do well in the same game like it can happen and you're only competing against like three other possible running backs in the game if you're only right thinking of going four deep and one other quarterback who you could be playing also so like uh, quarterback running back is is perfectly fine um but like two running backs tends not to work and now i realize that there are teams where it works like last year with the saints if you had uh, kamara and ingram like sometimes that can work together um but generally there are only so many carries or running back targets to go around and so um it feels like a little weird to say like don't take two running backs but it's perfectly fine to take two wide receivers but like that's just the way that football works like Running backs tend to just a single running back tends to get a lot of carries, and if you're not get if you don't have that, um, just be, going into a gaming like I'm just going to lock up all the rushing from this team, um, usually is just not the most optimal way to build. Yeah, that's uh, that's that makes a lot of sense. That's a good uh, good summary. Also, uh, let's talk about captains and MVPs, and we've we've kind of touched on that, but let's talk about that now. But first, a note from our sponsor. Before we move on, a quick message from our sponsor, FanDraft. Take your league's fantasy football draft to the next level with FanDraft, the online fantasy football draft board. FanDraft makes your draft feel like the actual NFL draft with features such as a streaming ticker, live draft clock, custom logos, team walk-up songs, multiple draft board displays, and more. FanDraft can be used offline for in-person drafts by exporting a display via projector or onto a large screen TV for the league to enjoy. It can also be used fully online, and any number of your league owners can join the draft remotely. You can perform both traditional and auction-style drafts. FanDraft also supports IDPs, rookie-only drafts, keepers, and just about any customization to meet your league requirements. You can sign up for a free trial at FanDraft.com. And when you're ready to order the pro account, make sure to use the promo code ROTOPOD15 to save 15% off your purchase. Again, that's FanDraft.com and use the promo code ROTOPOD15, R-O-T-O-P-O-D-1-5, to save 15%. So, Andrew, you've mentioned uh, we talked about captains, MVPs. You get the 1.5 uh, point multiplier there. Um, you mentioned uh, you want the guy that picks that the highest the highest individual score. Obviously, you know that makes a lot of sense. But how do you go about attacking captain MVP? Are you someone that you know? Are you like I want the quarterback? I want the quarterback. I want the quarterback. Are you uh, are you trying to get tricky with uh, you know? I think this wide receiver is going to score twice. Uh, how do you attack uh, you know starting your roster with that with that top captain spot, which is obviously a very significant spot in a, in a showdown. Yeah, I think you, I mean, we, we go back to what we said before, like th- think about how the game is going to play out, both in terms of how the sc- the game itself score-wise will play out, but also where these touchdowns are going to come from. And if you think, if you look at a team and say, um, I wrote, I gave this great Vikings example in our notes, <laughs> and for some reason you... You thought Kirk Cousins wasn't good enough for it, but all all the quarterbacks to pick from you take Kirk Cousins. I just it, thought that was uh, a little it, surprising. It was less about Kirk Cousins than it was about uh, Thielen, Diggs, Rudolph, um, and then yeah, Treadwell, Jordan Taylor, guys like that. So right, um, if you have a game like that with with the Vikings, where you're expecting, let's say they're they've got a high total. Even if it's a, let's call it a blowout just to make it easier. And you're like, I want to stack the Vikings and I need the Vikings. How do I think they are going to play? And so if you think it's going to be much more through the air than it is with Dalvin Cook, even though you could be perfectly fine with Cook, but like, um, I think they're going to have four receiving or passing touchdowns in this game. So obviously the passing touchdowns go to Kirk Cousins. And if you think, uh, he, they're going to go to everybody. Like he's going to have one to four different receivers. Then there's no other player in the game that will score more points than Cousins. Nobody's going to have multiple touchdowns. Nobody's if if somebody gets the hundred yard bonus uh, for receiving on on DraftKings, then odds are Cousins is going to get the three hundred for passing. 
Cousins is going to be only multiple touchdown player in the game. And I know the the passing touchdowns count less than the receiving ones, but when you have four of them versus right. somebody's one, even with the even with the reception points, um, Cousins is going to be the highest scoring player in the game, and you should captain him. It's as simple as that. Um, going from there is where you start to figure out where else where else the touchdowns are going, and that's where you roster in the rest of your five spot or four spots, plus let's call it a kicker on the other side. So, you know, if you and this is where you can see where the multi-entry comes in. Because um, if you go in, you're like, all right, I'm going to take Cousins, Thielen, Rudolph, and Treadwell. Um, because you can't afford Thielen, Diggs, Rudolph, and Cook. Let's say you wanted Cook also. Right. Uh, so you make that roster. And then you have one without Thielen. Because you think he's going to be the one who's left out. And then you have one without Diggs. And you have one both of them. And then, and then you can say, wait a minute. Maybe all of the touchdowns go to Diggs. Or he has three of them. Now Diggs is the highest scoring player in the game. So now you want to captain Diggs, but also have Cousins on your team. Like, I think a lot of people may think like, oh, if I'm not going to captain whoever, then I don't need him. Like, no, 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 still have him. And all of a sudden you start making these combinations and you've hit 150 lineups and you're like, <laughs> I'm not even close to covering what I thought I was going right. to. Um, so uh, that's really where, what it comes down to is like, how is this game going to play out? And so there are plenty of times where you think like the top running back um, on the favored team is going to have a huge game and you captain him. You know, you have your I was going to say Todd Gurley, but who knows what's going on with Gurley now. But, um, <laughs> you know, we get a garbage Giants game on Sunday night because they always play Sunday night. And so um, you're like, I'm going to captain Saquon Barkley, Saquon Barkley. And like, that's perfectly fine. And then you just kind of go from there and you probably don't have Eli because why would you ever have Eli? Um, and good point. I mean, it's just kind of figure out how the game plays out and then figure out where the scores are coming from and whoever has the most in your mind should be your captain. Yeah. And I think a good point about, uh, you, you have to correlate the rest of the team, your captain to him. If you have the captain, you think that's gonna be the high scoring player. What does that mean for the other spots? If that's Saquon Barkley and you think that the giants are, you know, are going to win by running the ball, then maybe you're thinking about, uh, you know, someone else on the other team, but uh, who you have on your team has to make sense with, you know, your captain going off. Cause you're, you're not going to win without your captain going off. So if your captain goes off, then, you know, what does that mean for the rest of the game? I think is a really important way to look at it. Yeah. It, I mean, the, the last thing you want to do is, like lose sight of the correlation because yeah. if you're like, if Kirk cousin, you have Kirk cousins, I keep going back to him, um, throws <laughs> a touchdown and the guy who catches the touchdown is not on your team. Like that's a huge opportunity that you missed. And yep. so, um, make sure that your lineup makes sense. Like even, you know, if you build starting from your captain, think, I think this guy is going to be the highest scoring player and who has to help him get there. And those are the guys you also want on your team. Do you find that uh, winning teams, these contests are usually quarterback with a captain or does it, does it move around? Uh, I, quarterback captains, certainly on favorite teams, are usually the most popular. Um, okay. That doesn't necessarily mean they're always the best, but generally uh, quarterback favorites are up there. We, I mean, it's unsurprising. It's either going to be the favored quarterback, the favored top running back, the favored top wide out. Um, and then it actually gets a little trickier because... Um, you know, depending on the game, if we have one of these low scoring games, then, um, it could be the running back on the underdog because they're just kind of trying to grind out the game and he just happens to get the most points. Um, could be, you know, at that point could be a tight end because, uh, depending on how the, how the game plays out, if it's 10, three, and there is a, there is a touchdown, it could be a, you know, some garbage tight end touchdown. Um, and that, again, that touchdown probably is worth more to, to the tight end than it is the quarterback. Um, but yeah, generally, uh, people stick with the quarterback, running back, the, the top favored quarterback, running back, wide receiver. Now a quick message from Underdog. Say hello to your new favorite place to play fantasy football for real money, Underdog Fantasy. With Underdog, all you have to do is the fun part, the draft. Forget about injuries, trades, waivers, and setting lineups. Just set it, forget it, and wait for the winnings to come in. This year, they have a $1 million tournament. That's right. Just draft the best team and you have a shot at $1 million in prizes. Sign up for Underdog today and enter the Best Ball Mania for a chance at $1 million in prizes by going to underdogfantasy.com or searching for Underdog Fantasy in your app store. Be sure to enter the code ROTOWIRE after you make your first deposit. 
Uh, so you mentioned, you know, Captain, I asked you about quarterbacks. Uh, how do you deal with percentages in these contests? Obviously, we've only got one game. Percentages are going to be significantly higher than they are normally. Um, how high percent does like a, you mentioned you've talked about favored quarterbacks a bunch. Uh, like how high percent is it is a Jared Goff on a Monday night game when the Rams are favored? Like, are we talking like 70, 80 percent? Like what kind of percentage are we talking about? Yeah, it could be up there. I okay. mean, be, mostly because you you have people who not only are playing him, but are also playing him in the captain. And so right. not that that overall changes. But we don't, you don't see, uh, you don't see a captain percentage, right? It's just an overall percentage. Correct. Correct. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, correct. There's nothing right now that, that shows it easily, okay. at least on the sites themselves. But, right. um, and I don't know if we mentioned this FanDuel calls an MVP. I apologize. I, I generally play on DraftKings, which is why I use their terminology more often, but, um, so, I think we can, I think we can figure it out. Yeah. So there's an, a very interesting thing when it comes to these showdown slates, uh, because you, you definitely don't want all these high-owned players, um, but the biggest reason you don't, and like player um, player ownership in like classic slate GPPs are important because you want a guy that nobody has um, because that brings you higher up the the, uh, the standings without everybody else moving with you. In showdown, because there are only six spots, the duplication of lineups is absurd right if you build a lineup that you think will be duplicated (laughs) a lot like you're like this is the lineup i think a lot of people will end up on don't play it like if if it takes you like six minutes you're like this lineup's perfect it's probably too probably too common it's and and i i think people kind of were like oh well whatever like uh, you know if i if it still cashes like that's great and it's like the odds are so much lower for you if you have a lineup that you think a lot of people are playing and that doesn't mean go off the board with one spot just to go off the board. Like we'll say that again. Don't just pick a guy to pick a guy, right? But you have to build this lineup, uh, at least in these extremely top heavy GPPs with a player or, you know, it doesn't have to be six guys who are 2% owned. Um, I don't even know who you would roster at that point. Um, (laughs) but you need probably just one, maybe two, um, that, a lot, most people are not thinking of, and if that guy scores a touchdown, that's great, but it's also putting you ahead of these people because like, it's the same idea. Not only do they not have him, but there aren't other people with your lineup that has him. So like, imagine finishing first in a gigantic GPP that pays $100,000 to first, and you're splitting it with 50,000 people. <laughs> Did you win? It's obviously a very extreme example, but like, right. But, but that is what happens with these, with these showdown GPPs that there's so much duplication because there are only so many ways that to build a lineup. And if you're looking like, wow, I can't believe that I got both quarterbacks, you know, both top wideouts, one top running back at deep. And you're like, I can't believe this all fell together. Everybody's thinking that. And there are yep. so many people who are like, this is awesome. I just crushed it. And they play it. And then you're all tied for 9,358th and you came back, your $20 or $5 or $10 entry is returning you three bucks. Yeah, that's a good point. And it's interesting. What do you do with in terms of leaving money on the table? You know, I think that most people that play try and get right up to that salary cap. And, you know, with that, you get you get some common builds because there's only so many ways the math can work with with this few players. How do you feel about, uh, you know, if the cap's 60 million or whatever it is, how do you feel about leaving leaving some on the table and kind of trying to create a unique unique lineup that way? It's a great way to be unique is leaving. and, And that's not to say like leave. 10, you know, uh, 10,000 of the 50,000 on, on the table, of but like, course. um, but you could like, it, I think, uh, if you have a lineup that zeros out, you know, it's going to be popular. Like you, yeah. for that reason alone, you should probably never play a lineup that zeros out in a showdown GPP because you just know that you're going to be splitting this lineup with thousands of people. Um, and so if you get to the point where, uh, and, and it's just, you know, it's inherently a thing with a lot of people at DFS where they see salary left and you're like, oh, this guy's only 400 more and I have 400 it, left. So he must be it's, better. It's really hard not to do that. Though. It's really hard. Um, yeah, it is. We we joke around in our in the Rotowire subscriber discord that like, oh, no, the like the sites will just send you back the, the extra four hundred dollars. They'll just give it to you <laughs> if you leave. It. Obviously, they I, don't. Just, I just want, I just want to use it for the week after. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but so like. 
absolutely, if you build a lineup and you're like, I don't, and, and you're entering it into one of these huge GPPs and you're like, I can't believe I left this much money on the table. It's probably fine. Like what you think is a lot of money left over probably isn't that drastic. And if you like the lineup, like why are you changing your lineup just because you have money left? And so, um, that's like leaving salary is such a great way to differentiate from other people because there are so many who are just like, I need to use all of the cap and they're putting themselves at a disadvantage immediately thinking that way. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's harder. Like in the classic, you know, slate, the full slate on Sundays, I, you know, it's harder. You have those that $300 left. You're like, well, how do I not move this guy up or bump this guy up? But in a, in a, in a showdown, it's even, you know, more important because everybody's thinking that way and everybody's zeroing out. You make a really good point about the zero out. Um, in when I do play these, I do try and leave, you know, three, four, five hundred on the table, maybe even a little bit more. I think it just helps you differentiate. And it's something that, it, like I said, it's really hard to do. It's hard to get in your mind. Any salary cap challenge, you know, whether it be season long or DFS, you, you're so trying to max out your points and max out your salary and you're, in your head. You're like, well, this guy's more expensive. He's better. Uh, but you got to get away from that in a showdown. Yeah. And and there are, um, you know, like these optimizers that you can set certain uh, limits. And I know people that will make one hundred and fifty lineups and say, like, to give them zero, that zero out. Or, like, every lineup should leave a 1,000 on the table. And, like, it sounds so counterintuitive. You're like, but you're taking, like, worse players because you're doing it. And it's like, you're taking less expensive players, but, like, yes, in, the, exactly. in the realm of one game, um, you're, you're just, don't, don't be so locked into the salary in terms of, like, having to fill it because it's, it, it, you're adding an element to the build that like really doesn't matter as much as you think it does. Yeah. And you've built the, the game flow in your mind, how you think it's going to go. And just cause someone's more expensive doesn't mean that works, uh, works well for how you think the game's going to go. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, anything else on, on showdowns before we jump into a little, uh, talk a little shenanigans and know your host. Um, I don't even want to put off any, put off the shenanigans any longer. I'm sorry to say that we will not have the shenanigans on this podcast. Thought it was, uh, a little off topic here for what we're trying to do, but that's all we got for the showdown slate uh, strategies. Uh, there will probably be plenty of them this year, uh, particularly if there are any sort of uh, schedule adjustments uh, due to the uh, COVID scheduling. So we'll see if that happens. Um, either way, uh, thank you to Dynasty Owner for sponsoring this podcast, and we will be back next week for another strategy session before we start actually looking at some week one prices. So thanks, and we'll talk to you then. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.